Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. What's up? Super Nintendos, this is Nintendo Voice Chat episode 677. I have returned from Germany safely, healthfully, which isn't really a word. I am joined here today by the sniffly industry legend, Kat Bailey. Hello, everybody. Not sniffly right now, hanging in there. There's so much to news to cover. There's so much news. That's why we have I must a be news, strong. A news heavy uh, panel this week from the Northwest. 
the man who who shared the same breath as Doug Bowser. Logan Plant. <laughs> wow. Hi, Seth. That's a weird way to put Ew. it, but yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> Look, I have to do this on the fly, right? Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And then wearing a bomb-ass jacket, Red Valentine. I mean, technically, we're all breathing the same air as, uh, I don't know, dinosaurs. We're, we're drinking dinosaurs all the time. Yeah. Yep, and they fuel our cars. Yes. That is a bomb-ass jacket, I have to say. Thank you really, so much. It's really Thrifting. digging it. Thrift stores. San Francisco no thrifting great. There you games. go. Look at Reb. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, look at that, man. Got the early, rocking the early 90s. I'm, I'm into it. Right. Oh, yeah. Bring it. Bringing the heat. I love yeah. it a lot. But Thank you. you know what happened this week? Everything. Everything <laughs> happened three times between uh, when we planned the show and when the show happened. So I actually did two different art requests, which nobody cares about. That's all uh, insider baseball. But yeah, guess what? I was at Gamescom in Germany, and apparently I was breathing the same air as the Nintendo Switch <laughs> successor. I don't think um, that breathes, but okay. Uh, got, didn't you true. read the report? It's got like a new patented lung system. Mm -hmm. Wow. Which is, the which next is one's going to have gills. Gamescom. I have to say that would be a very Nintendo move. <laughs> it it breathes. It's alive. It's just a slow and steady heartbeat to sort of like lull you. That's where the vitality sensor went. It oh. went into the Switch too. Oh, it's like mm -hmm. one of those uh, baby dolls from like the, yep. the 90s where they were trying to make them really lifelike where they're yeah. like, like some of them are warm or some of them like cry randomly or like they eat and then they poo or whatever uh it's gonna yep, be like that so yeah no and that's what the euro gamer report said the switch a successor poo exactly yeah uh all of these it, things but no I, I guess yeah euro gamer reported that the swiss switch successor was being shown behind closed doors at gamescom where i was and i was not behind any of those closed doors obviously um apparently this was sort of a like an industry thing like uh let's show our partners this cool new hardware they were supposedly playing a souped up version of Breath of the Wild, whatever that means. Uh, and apparently, and this is where I'm a little bit, I'm a little skeptical that the, the visuals were comparable to the Series X and PS5. Now, I just have a hard time accepting that in a, in a portable form factor, but Nintendo, Nintendo does interesting things. But Kat, you're always uh, on the news beat, like 24 hours a day. No, you're all on the news beat, but I'm just, I just want to talk to you. Kat, could you speak to this one? <laughs> Just wants to wow. talk to Kat. I mean, there are a lot of rumors that have been floating around with the Nintendo Switch. We've heard a lot of things, too, over at IGN.com. Um, I will say, reading these reports by Eurogamer and VGC, the thing that stands out to me is that the Nintendo Switch 2, or successor, or whatever they end up calling it, stands to be far more powerful than I expected. Nintendo mm -hmm. has always been much more about um, reasonable price points, being able to play a wide variety of games, but explicitly not being all that focused on power. So this raises to me a lot of questions about things like battery life and screen fidelity and things like that. If Nintendo is truly creating a premium handheld experience, what does this say about Nintendo going forward? What does this say about Nintendo's evolution as a company? It does seem very different from the Nintendo that we knew in the era of Iwata. If it's true that it was indeed playing the Matrix, uh, oh, the Matrix Unreal Engine 5 demo, oh, yeah, that is right. very impressive and very surprising. Yeah. I think, so... 
It, it, it is surprising. I don't disagree with you. I think it's maybe slightly less surprising in the context of Nintendo has discovered over the last couple generations of, of hardware that they really do need to make sure that whatever they are making, however interesting or inventive it is, it needs to be up to developer expectations or they are going to lose developers. We saw that in the Wii U era where a lot of people were, sort a lot of developers, third parties specifically, were, were sort of not on board uh, because the Wii U was just a pain in the butt to develop for. It had that extra screen. It had lesser capabilities than the other consoles on the market. Um, and I, you know, all developers have different opinions on the Switch. A lot of indies I've spoken to really like uh, it as sort of an indie machine, but also a lot of developers I've spoken to are less enthused about the Switch at this stage in its life cycle. It's a great system. They like playing on it, but it's, it's butts to develop for because it's kind of behind huh. the other major consoles and it's got kind of all these other like weird twisty turny bits to it. Uh, and that, again, opinions vary based on developers, but I do think it would make sense for there to be a renewed focus in whatever the next generation happens to be and making sure that technologically it is roughly on par with the Series X and S and the PS5 because developers are going to be developing for those things for a very, very, very long time if the current trajectory of the PS4 and the uh, pre Xbox One are right. any yeah. indication. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect like uh, I wouldn't expect native 4K. Maybe something upscaled, and that's where you're getting the visuals that look on par with the mm -hmm. modern consoles. But yeah, I don't think we're going to see the, this the the beefy performance of the yeah. Series X and PS5. But I, I think a, a concern that I'll bring to the table with this is that when Nintendo jumped to HD with the Wii U, it took them years to learn how to develop in HD and the cadence of game releases just slowed to a crawl for a long time and then they got into that rhythm at developing at 720 or 1080p on Switch so now if we're jumping up again I think that's maybe why we're seeing more ports and remakes right now why we haven't seen a new 3D Mario maybe where Metroid Prime 4 is at I think they're probably working on this new hardware so hopefully they don't oh, yeah. repeat that same mistake again with this leap forward in hardware if it's true well I mean it's you just Adjust the sliders. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, just push the 4K button. Why aren't you yeah, just pushing is. the 4K button? No, Reb, you uh, you mentioned how indie some indie developers like it. Now, when we were at Gamescom and we went into the indie section, I like Pear pointed it out. Like ninety percent mm -hmm. of the games there, and there were like maybe a thousand indie games, were running on Switch. Were developed on Switch, and the other ten yeah. percent were on Steam. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a massive, wonderful indie machine, but. I don't know. As, as we're talking about it, I'm realizing now uh, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 came out almost three years ago. So yeah. maybe it's not too far outside the realm of possibility. I mean, we've only been able to get those consoles like easily in the last like eight months. But yeah, that's uh, maybe not that far fetched. And then you have uh, the Asus Raj Ally, which is just a handheld windows computer which is like 700 dollars, and you get the steam deck which saw its first um ever price drop which is way more powerful than the uh you know that thing that we were all talking about the nintendo switch yeah the handheld gaming is coming out uh swinging um so i've already changed my mind during the the uh the course of this conversation that maybe it could be I don't. Yeah. I think Xbox Series S is a better marker than the, the mm, Series yeah. X yeah, or the yeah. the yeah, PS5 with the uh, the Switch successor. The, I think the thing that I am worrying, not worrying, wondering about now is price point, battery life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mostly. No, that's um, totally valid. Mm -hmm. 
I, yes. this is a minor concern. I wonder how heavy it is because like my, mm. my big disinterest in the steam deck right now is that thing's too darn heavy. I've held it. I don't, I don't want to keep it's holding it. I sure. have, I have little hands and sensitive baby writer wrists and I don't want to pick <laughs> it up. Uh, but the switch, it's so nice and light and I don't play portable very often, but when I do, I like something that's a little more like a game boy. But if, if you try to cram too much video game in there and maybe yeah, get too, a little many heavy, too many graphics put- in there. All those graphics are really heavy, and no, you. I, given the choice, when I'm traveling, I will pa- pack the Switch because it's just a little guy. to deal with yeah, than the than the Steam Deck. So the Steam Deck's like a weapon; you can just like <laughs> smash somebody over the head with it. It's 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 a it's a monster. Yeah, I'm waiting for survival. someone to sue because they were like laying in bed, playing it above their head, and accidentally dropped it and it hit them in the head, and they got like a bruise or something. In a survival situation, you can attach a stick and you can actually use it and hatch it. <laughs> That's what Link would do. That's what Link would do in Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. The the brilliance of Nintendo going back to the Wii and the brilliance of Iwata was understanding that they were catering to a mainstream audience. They weren't necessarily catering to the hobbyists. The hobbyists and the hardcore were always a nice to have as much as anything, but they were explicitly going for people who may have felt like they aged out of games, but wanted to rediscover a sense of wonder when they were playing Animal Crossing. And fair or not, there is this sort of feeling, I guess, among mainstream uh, uh, mainstream people, normal people, you might say, who feel like gaming is a quote-unquote identity or, or a lifestyle and instinctively seem to shy away from hardcore gamer devices like the Roge Ally or the Steam Deck and that kind of thing. And the, the, the cool thing about the Switch is that it's always been kind of friendly approachable something that a a person who doesn't normally game might feel okay about picking up and playing on and off and uh, i think will the switch successor be able to harness that or will it go in more of a direction of a steam deck if it does go in more of a direction of a steam deck i think that's a mistake I yeah, I don't really. think it will. Yeah, I, think right. I, I think that Nintendo's very family first. I think that they have doubled down on that in the Switch era. And I think that, like, to Reb's concerns about it being too heavy or uncomfortable, I'm I'm not personally worried about that. I think that they are they're they care about feel more than any of the other hardware manufacturers. And I think that they're going to come out with something that, yeah, is a little more powered up to satisfy people who have been unhappy with the Switch's performance in the last few years. But I, I think it'll still... Oh, you mean babies who cry all the time? <laughs> when? Um, yes, I, yeah. I, I would add to that, though. I think that we're... I don't know if Nintendo will do this or believes this, but personally, I think that we are reaching a point where... The, those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. The the catering to more hardcore gamers and also catering to the ma- like a more mass market. Gaming is becoming a more mainstream hobby every single year. People who grew up with games are now adults having children. Uh, Nintendo knows this very well based on Pokemon Go and many other things. Uh, so y- you can almost... Where in the era of the Wii, you did want something that was a little more approachable for people who had never touched a video game before. And now we've got Wii Sports in nursing homes. I think now you can actually be okay being a little more gamery with something and having it still reach the same sizable mass market audience that Nintendo consoles have always uh, 
aimed for. Just because more people are familiar with games, more people are comfortable with them. Maybe they're not hardcore Steam Deck users, uh, but but they're a little less terrified by you know lo- looking at numbers that suggest how good the graphics are or plugging certain kinds of cables into other certain kinds of things. Like, you know, yeah. people, people are a little more chill about that now and they understand what it means. Uh, yeah. Yes, but I know that when Netflix was testing all of its gaming, uh, they discovered that the reason that they went in the direction of using a smartphone device is that people are actively d- scared of controllers. That they... They saw them as signifiers of a gamer lifestyle, whatever that means. There yeah. is this weird sort of a stigma still against quote unquote hardcore gamers. I also want to point out that Nintendo is a very, seems like a very different company in some ways than yeah. it was. No, I agree. Certainly when the Nintendo Switch was being developed. And I think that you only need to point to what they did with the Super Mario Brothers movie or the opening of the theme park to show that Nintendo is becoming maybe a little more conventional in the way that it approaches its individual brands and everything. And so maybe that will also be the case with the Switch successor. Maybe it will be more conventional, more of a a gamer device than uh, we would come to expect from Nintendo. I don't think you're wrong, and I'm not going to argue that point because I do think the controller thing is spot on, especially based on conversations I've had recently with people who are, like, I guess, more non-traditional gamers. But I will say, I think just based on anecdotes, I think more people are playing and talking about something like the Steam Deck than are playing and talking about Netflix games. Well, true that yeah. uh, you can't even find Netflix games. So, I don't know I mean, where they are. I don't know. I don't know, yeah, that, I don't know that that's because of the controller choice necessarily. I don't think it's on that. Yeah. Well, all right. Here's my question then to each and every one of you. Uh, where do you think the price is going to land? And where do you think it needs to land to be a success? Cat, what do you think? Oh, God. Uh <clears throat> The uh, Switch is like, what, $350? For the OLED, yep. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. $350. That's the I OLED, right? Go... Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can go up. No. I think it'd be challenging to go up to $400. Um, okay. But inflation, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think 350 is probably the sweet spot. Okay. Logan, what about you? I'd like it to be 350 I think it hits 400 I think that they'll still come in under the the PS5 and Series X, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're still probably going to be selling the OLED. They don't really price drop their systems, no. so no. yeah, I think maybe it's true. For the new I mean, game. they might cut the price of the OLED to like three hundred, and the yeah. the original release of the Switch to like two fifty, and then put the new console at three fifty. But yeah, I could see four hundred as well. Yeah, Reb. I think Lots. we. Hit- I think we hit 400, but I think we hit 400 with an asterisk of some kind. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's a price drop on the OLED and a promise that you can play all the same games on both up to a certain point. Like, I mean, mm. maybe, maybe brand new games won't be, but like we we still have like uh, the promise that like the OLED continues to be supported long term or something like that. And then the price drops. Um, another option, I, th- I think, would be for them to release a system at 400 and then also reveal or discuss or otherwise show off a a light version like a, a switch light version of a switch light 2 uh that is cheaper uh, i i'm a little more skeptical that they would do something like that just because it took them a little bit longer to release the switch light 
but I, I think, I think whatever it is, it's, it's hard to get all the things that they are describing into a system that is not more expensive, but I don't think Nintendo can come out with a $400 system and not have an option for budget people of some kind. That is exactly where I am at. I think I think $400 is where the new Switch is or whatever the Nintendo console is going to be. And I also still think that a lot of the graphical processing power is going to be in the dock and they will offer a dockless version for, you know, like $299 or $349. Um, like you said, and offer two different SKUs so that everybody gets a chance to play Metroid Prime 4, uh, which comes out on launch day. For it, so. I don't see them doing a bad at launch when they could just do it a year later and people like us would buy it anyways and have two. So, we're sickos. Yeah, I, I see we're them total sickos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And they are, yeah. They put Isabella Animal Crossing on it. I'll buy a new one, sure. <laughs> they did. Hey, yeah. Target exclusive. So there you go. That one's coming out pretty soon, October 6th. But this is actually a perfect like uh, segue into what the other rumors are that we're getting another Nintendo Direct. Uh, when do all right? Wow. We talked about priceless. We'll move on from that. Now I'm going to go back. Cat, when do you think we're going to get a Nintendo Direct? Next week. Ooh, Logan. Wednesday, September 13th at 6 a.m. Pacific. <laughs> wow, that's that very is, specific. I, I love it. Yep. Who are your I sources? Don't, I don't. I just. Uh, yeah. What did Doug Bowser tell you when you were speaking? <laughs> you when you were breathing his best air? best friends with Doug now. Yeah, yeah. you and yeah. Uh, DB are, are bros. Uh, Reb. Uh, definitely next week, uh, solely because next week is Tokyo Game Show, and they always oh, do a director shoot. on Tokyo yeah. Game Show. So, like, yeah, it's probably true. You know, so, the okay. rumors of a September Direct, it ha it's happened every year for the last decade. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Anyone because can of make TGS, that specifically. Like, they always show something before Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. Yes, no, September right. is definitely one of their big beats because they're sort of setting the... They're showing off what they've got for whatever's coming out around November. And they're also set, sort of setting the agenda for 2024. So it should be a fun direct whenever it happens. I, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, probably next week. And uh, I, if, you know, if they do some surprises, they show us a little more of some games or announce some games, I'll be so excited. But if at the end they just say, and stay tuned for hardware in, you know, hardware announcement in February, I'll lose my mind. They I'll, would never I'll, do this. No, my soul no. will leave my body. You don't think they'll do a one more thing? Oh no no! I don't I don't think they'll do a we are going to announce hardware in February kind of thing. They'll just no, show, they'll stay either show it or they won't. Okay. They well, might I'm say a new. Uh, we are working on a new switch or something like that, or a new switch is coming. Stay tuned for more and information. Yeah. And it'll be extremely no. understated. They'll just say also no. exciting news. We're working on a new piece of hardware, and we can't wait to share more about it with you in the future that is a, now, a terrible a business idea you don't care of really i can't think of a, a single time that they have uh shown off a new piece of hardware in a direct like the switch it would not a show Twitter it. drop they would the, just say oh, that it happened yeah that's happening they also wouldn't do what you're describing where they're like stay tuned we're going to reveal some new hardware because they still have systems to sell over christmas so they're either going to reveal this new thing or they're just going to they're wait they're going to sell those systems regardless only people no, like us care about a new the people who like grandma who's going to target and sees the isabella animal crossing limited edition <laughs> switch light is going to yeah. be like my little grandchild would love this and buy it um they've got so many bundles coming up <laughs> this is another reason why i think that we're very close because they've got all these bundles they're trying to kind of like blow it out 
um you know we've got the new mario red oled we've got the uh the, the black mm-hmm. friday mario kart 8 bundle is live like you can pre-order it now which uh is classic crazy. the mario yep. kart 8 bundle the, yep the the bane of my black friday because every year we're like what are they gonna do and it's the same thing but also hey, it works it works it's always one of our most popular items on black friday is that thing so i don't know i mean I'm, but all right we're definitely not going to get a new hardware announcement uh during the drag but what mm. do you think we are are going to get i wouldn't uh put it past nintendo to tease something something for hardware something for hardware maybe oh my gosh i love red uh our producer is currently showing uh footage of rhythm heaven mega mix for the 3ds because every time every time a nintendo direct comes around red gets extremely excited uh because he really wants them to bring back rhythm heaven and frankly red's correct they should bring back rhythm heaven rhythm heaven is a joy i um no you're probably right they'll probably say they'll just drop it as a random twitter post on at like 4 p.m on a friday yeah right. <laughs> everybody yeah, will be set that. on fire trying to cover it <laughs> um and then we'll get more info later um at a special nintendo direct or something like that probably yeah. early next year but yeah i think you're right as for this actual nintendo direct expect a lot of mario wonder mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. say yeah uh maybe and expect expect some uh some ports Ooh. more footage of mario rpg probably yeah that would be nice uh, be nice to it, see a thousand year door right we know nothing about 2024 we don't have a date for anything that's coming out next year so mm. they have to date their january game their february game that's what this direct traditionally does like kirby and the forgotten land showed up here fire emblem engage showed up here last year so i think we're gonna roll out the ports i want to see a gamecube port i mean i'm hoping for f-zero gx but i, I think we'll see some sort of game maybe they'll port. finally show that fire emblem remake of a uh, genealogy oh, of the yeah. holy war mm-hmm. that's been rumored yeah. forever mm. give me a yoshi's woolly world port that's like one of the few wii u games that never made it off the wii u uh, I mean, well, I guess it did in the sense that it's on the 3DS, but it's yeah. it's not on the Switch. Like all of basically every other Wii U console game, first party. And I just I love Woolly World so much. It's a very cute I think little game. They'll definitely show more of the Mario RPG, mm-hmm. and yeah. probably they'll announce some new feature, whether it's a guest character or it's an easy mode, something like that. It'll be a little more of a deep dive, I would expect. And of course, we'll also get the Sword and Shield. Sorry. So- Scarvi, mm-hmm. Scarlet and Violet DLC two release date, I would say. Seth, do you think it's finally time for Donkey Kong sixty four on Nintendo Switch Online? Oh That's man. All I want in I life want it so bad. Donkey Kong sixty four. DK. <laughs> Donkey We also Kong. need to see the um <clears throat> the Splatoon three side order DLC, I think is oh, gonna yeah. show up. It's the second wave of their expansion pass. It's the story based one. Yeah. And we haven't seen anything from that since they announced it. So I could even see that being a shadow drop or like out yeah. this week because yeah, we need to hear about that one. Yeah, that's good. I think we'll see some uh some amiibo support for Super Mario RPG. And I think they'll like put out some uh, amiibo specifically for that game that does something useless, but we all don't care and we just buy the dumb things anyway. That's how it is to be a Nintendo fan. I, my question now is what could they like realistically announce that would just make you lose your mind? I mean, mm-hmm. Logan, what what do you think is within the realm of possibility that could be announced that's going to just like 
check off your wish list of things that you've been hoping for. Well, for me personally, it's F Zero GX. I think F Zero is long. You really think they're going to bring? No, I said realistic. I do. I, I think that's realistic. Okay. I, I think that so many series have gotten their shot on Switch, and I think F Zero deserves it. I think that that game still looks gorgeous. A HD cleanup would do a lot of good for it. It would look great with just a simple up-res. Oh. Oh, Red it does look right very, it's, it, it looks is amazing. a very nice looking. Yeah, I played it on uh, Donkey Kong Bongos at PAX West, and it was <laughs> a ton of fun. And yeah, I just, I need this game back in my life. And right. I think it's actually a good candidate. I think that we're seeing series that have typically undersold sell very well on Nintendo Switch. And I think F-Zero, it's never going to fly off the shelves. But I think a $40 remaster with a physical release could do a nice job. Okay. All right. I, I'm skeptical, but I won't crush Me your too. dreams. Um, yeah, I'm skeptical too. Reb, what about you? Oh, I mean, I kind of listed some of the ones. Like, I think a Yoshi's Woolly World port would make me yeah. really happy. Donkey Kong 64 on Switch Online would make me really happy. Um, oh. I know I know the two Golden Sun games are coming to Switch Online at some point. They're not there yet. Uh, so that Ooh. is something they're going to have to announce eventually. Uh, so I forgot you know, about that. That's That'll exciting. make me very happy if that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, what we're due for, I guess. Uh, like, I don't think we're going to get another Animal Crossing this generation. That would be ridiculous. No. Like, Splatoon is still going um like like what what franchise overdue for a donkey kong game donkey kong has been so underserved on switch it's kind of yeah ridiculous. yeah you know what that that actually i think is a realistic thing that would make me lose my mind like tropical freeze was the last big new really? donkey kong game it was really good and Amazing. as far as i remember sold very well like was very well received right, yeah i mean they put it on switch with funky mode it was really really fun uh yeah but we're due Oops, all funky and, mode that's but, the new game that they're announcing i mean, I mean the problem is <laughs> It's, it was retro who did tropical freeze yep. right and they're clearly quite busy uh so they're not doing another donkey kong surely so someone else would have to yep. who who would make a donkey kong Oops. um but yes dust off <sighs> uh, ancient tome of ideas that he had for the original for his donkey kong creation yeah like in 1982 and then we just get a, another. Yeah, bit. I think. Well, I think. Uh, yeah, I think another Donkey Kong Country game, though. Like, like we're we're due. It's that time. That would rule. That would rule. I'm into it. All right, cat. My heart bleeds for more Star Fox. Oh. I sh I sure would like a digital only release. Uh, Rev showed me yeah. an indie game that's a Star Fox roguelite. I'm so glad this is coming up on this podcast because I haven't played it, so I haven't been able to bring it up during Meverse. But we have to talk about this. What's it? What's it called? What is Whisker it? Whisker Squadron. Whisker Squadron. Yes. Red, can we get footage of Whisker Squadron up? I'm so sorry. It's like it's like hyper. Oh, what was it? Hyperwave or whatever you would call yeah, it. Yeah, Star Fox sickos, pay attention. Uh, this game looks yeah. like a modern, incredible Star Fox. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that it bored me a little bit. Oh, um, oh you played oh, it. Like it looks this. awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it gets a little repetitive. Oh, okay. Yeah um a little monotonous however beautiful though yeah the idea of a star fox roguelite was incredibly compelling to me immediately i love i love 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 the idea of trying to play as many levels as i can uh through the lilac system without dying that would be so cool so that would uh make my tiny little heart very happy <laughs> also I know that everybody's sick of Fire Emblem, but I'd be happy to see more Fire Emblems. So let's ha make it happen. Um, so yeah, that that those are the things that stand out. I don't think that they're particularly realistic. 
um, I think that we're very much at the end of the Switch's life cycle. And yeah. what we're probably going to get is a lot of, we'll get another Kirby game. Yes. That's how it works. We're due, yes. They do like a Kirby game of some kind every year. And on the pacing cycle of Kirby games, we're due for like another weird lower priced spinoff, right? Like yeah, if that's yep. what's up next, probably. So yeah, some sort of weird Kirby, Kirby mini game. Renews his license. And it's like, <laughs> I really like liked the dessert one where he was like rolling through the desserts and yeah, eating Dream things. Cool. Dream Buffet. Oh, yeah. It was really, really Kirby pleasant. Avalanche 2. <laughs> yeah. Kirby Air Ride. <laughs> yes. GameCube Remaster. Just roll them out. Yeah, this uh, I have one that I want to get on record here. I've been calling it for like two years and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I think that they're going to partner with the Dynasty Warriors crew to make a Xenoblade Warriors game. I think that they'll bring together the rosters oh, from all three Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles games uh, to the Dynasty Warriors. Like that would be Warriors. cool that's because yeah. that's then there would be like two different fan groups that could complain at us that we don't talk about <laughs> enough. Yeah, I love the Nintendo Warriors games. I think they're great. Do you so. like Xenoblade um, though? I like Xenoblade 3. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, yeah, we'll call you next time there's any good. Xenoblade yeah. news. Yeah. Get yeah. you on here. I think Xenoblade fans would be very lit, very hyped. Yes. For a, a Warriors game. And actually it probably makes way too much sense. Yeah. Except that you would have... 20 different variations of those little fur guys, little furball guys. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I just think, yeah, they've this been growing up. What are we looking at? Why are we watching a unicycle? What? <laughs> this, is a, this is a great game, actually, for Super Nintendo. Um, it used to be pretty uh, expensive to buy on the secondary market, but I don't know if that's true. Red's anymore. just gone rogue and is showing just like stuff that he likes. <laughs> well, I am surprised that nobody said what I thought. I was for sure somebody was going to say, because this, I think, is realistic and something that'll make me lose my mind. And I think they'll finally oh, be boy. like, Wind Waker is coming. Yeah, there it is. I knew yeah. someone was yeah, going to bring this up. Yeah, I was about up. to say. Yeah. Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, that those that collection, that HD collection has been rumored forever. Supposedly, it's just sitting in a warehouse somewhere next to the Fire Emblem remake. So maybe Nintendo just goes, eh, here it is. Holiday release. Let's go. I would love it if they were just like, and you can download it after the show, um, yeah. which they sometimes Ooh, do. And Shadow Drop would be fun. Yeah, I'm just imagining see. like a video game industry that that works in such a way where game developers finish games and then they they mass produce tons of physical copies of them and then they just stack them in boxes in a warehouse somewhere <laughs> and then just leave them there for like years at a time. And and nobody notices until finally they go, oh, yeah, we need to release something for the holiday. Well, we got that Twilight Princess Wind Waker collection. I guess let's just toss yeah. that out there for 70 bucks and see who who bites on that. It's uh, it's like whiskey. They have to age it. Right. Cask. Cask. So so what's wild to me is the number of time I've had developers go, I worked on a game that is all done. Yeah. That would blow everybody's mind if it actually got announced. But it's just got shelved. It's never coming out. We'll yeah. never see the light of day. Well, that, that's like, I, that's, I guess, the joke, right? Like that it it is both kind of, in, in most cases, it's kind of nuts that that would ever happen because the majority of time, if something isn't coming out when you expect it to, it's because some some development or, or production nonsense has happened and everybody is trying to figure it out and game development is hard. Uh, but there are absolutely stories of games sitting on, like, everybody's you one know, two switch so was in that situation because yeah. nintendo didn't know what to do with it and so like it's it's both real and also fundamentally absurd it is because like i used to work in construction and the idea that you would build uh, a building 
and then just lock the door and no one can go in like that's maybe in like north korea they do that but like no it's just so it's north korea construction and uh, and video games where you work for years on a project and spend millions and millions of dollars and then be like oh well forget about mm-hmm. it nobody can ever i mean that's that. san francisco uh... there there are buildings that open here or there are apartment complexes that were completed but they weren't able to sell any units so they just sit empty yep the city buys them back they're trying to turn them into office space but oh i digress san francisco needs is more (laughs) more empty offices yep sorry they're trying to turn them into never mind affordable housing they're trying to turn them into places to store all the games that never came out so (laughs) it's it's a win-win situation wow nintendo just bought this apartment complex to store all of the unreleased copies of wind waker and twilight princess (laughs) knock on the door who lives here oh it's an unreleased video game (laughs) oh my god it's shigeru miyamoto (laughs) what are you doing here He's just like washing a copy of Wind Waker. The dish rag. Ooh, oh, sorry. Charles Martinet opens cut out when we need him. <laughs> Charles Martinet opens the door. It's a me, an unreleased Mario game. This is where I am the new Mario ambassador. This is where they keep me. <laughs> it's too bad. I, I, I think it's what I want to see, and I think it's realistic. But I also don't. I, I, I've given up hope. I don't think we're ever gonna get. Wind Waker. I'm never going to play Wind Waker again without digging up my GameCube and going and buying a new copy. What about it. your Wii U, Seth? Seth, I have a copy. You want me to mail it Don't to you, man? Don't talk about my Wii U that, because that was my plan. I was like, I'm sick of Nintendo dragging their feet. I'm going to play it on my Wii U like God intended. And then uh, my Wii U is brick. Seth, I'll lend- oh. Seth, I will lend you my GameCube copy. You'll be okay. I don't think I have a GameCube anymore. I will lend you my game. Come, come Wait, to San you Francisco. You have every other retro thing. How do you not have a GameCube? <laughs> because yeah. I had two GameCubes, and I had, in the process of moving them, I had put them on the floor of my old office, which was upstairs. If you go back and watch old episodes of NBC, you could see a beam of sunlight hit my face about halfway through every episode. <laughs> uh, I left them on the floor, and then when I went to get them again, my little dogs, my dumb little jerk dogs, had peed on them. Oh, yeah. are we Whoa, looking at Seth Macy? <laughs> I don't even remember this. Is that this you? Is me streaming Metro. Yeah, that's me. What's the horse that's behind about... you? What's going on? <laughs> well, I love horses. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, like, sure. <laughs> they're God's most perfect creature. You can run. And there's my son. Oh my God. Oh he's my so gosh. He started 10th grade yesterday. <laughs> That's so cute. So what cool. I learned today is that Seth is secretly Tina Belcher. He <laughs> is. is I'm not secretly anybody. I'm publicly me. So I, I, I read, I don't know where you found that. And I think that is exciting and awesome. Red's so good at his job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm bad at it. So I, I am, have no segue. No, I've got one for, for you, next. Seth. I'm, let me help yeah. you. You know what thing that a couple a couple weeks ago I would have told you? I thought we would see it this direct, and now we're not going to see it this direct? Oh, yes. What is that? Tears of the Kingdom DLC. That's right. We're not getting Tears of the Kingdom DLC. They're just going to go and make a whole other game in six years for uh, <laughs> that'll be released on the Switch 3. So, yeah, uh, a new game. Like, what even at this point? I, I can't even imagine what they're going to do with the Zelda franchise after just here's your answer oh hyrule pro Pro skater yeah (laughs) yeah 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 this is me this uh, is my link on the screen right now i captured this oh Oh, nice oh yeah yeah. i can i just say what a bunch of jerks 
to me personally, I am like personally affronted by the lack of mm -hmm. Tears of the Kingdom DLC because the big rumor, the thing that everybody speculated the DLC was going to be was Cass DLC. Cass, yep. my my bird friend, my buddy, my musical uh, troubadour uh, companion was not in Tears of the Kingdom in any capacity except for like a small reference if you completed a side quest where a character implied that we might see Cass later. And so I thought surely because Cass was centered to the Breath of the Wild DLC, they're going to do Tears of the Kingdom DLC where he comes back and there's a plot and this other guy, I'm trying not to spoil things for people. It's been out for a while though. Play the game. Uh, yeah. This other character like talks about him and I'm going to get to have my two buddies with me and do a cool DLC. What a bunch of Wrong. jerkwads for not yep. giving me this desirable, wonderful experience that I could have been having over my Christmas break. Horrible. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, hurt. I'm offended, feel... Mr. Nintendo. More wow. specifically, it's disappointing that we're not even getting like what a master quest or anything like that. No, we're getting nothing. Yeah, that's a okay. Tears of the Kingdom is an enormous game, uh, more than a hundred hours, at least, and there's so much to find and to do. So whatever, uh, just go and enjoy your 150-hour game that Nintendo yeah. took five hour five years to make. That said, I was really looking forward to Tears of the Kingdom DLC, yeah. and I'm frankly pretty surprised that they're not making it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you, we've heard them say, we have no plans, and then a week later, there's the thing they said they had no plans about, but I think I believe them in this case. I think I mean, that he they said, are. we've done all we can with this world. Yeah, which yeah, is like... fair. It's been two full games, two DLCs, a warrior spinoff. Like, I think I've seen enough of this Hyrule. I love how Tears of the Kingdom ended, so I'm disappointed that we're not going to be going back, but honestly, like, if it means we get the next Zelda a year faster, then I'm kind of for it, I think. Huh? Yeah, they, uh, I, I do think that this sort of confirms in my mind, you know, in my, in my hypothetical speculative mind that they're the future of the Zelda franchise, they, their, their next game, they're going to pull back somewhat. Uh, I, mm. I do think, cause you know, Tears of the Kingdom was enormous, uh, this three tiered world, absolutely massive, so much full, so packed. I don't know that you make a, a new game of some kind that's bigger than that somehow. That just seems... That, that's too much. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that I want that. I, th I think z zoning in and, and, and pulling, pulling back a little bit and having something very self-contained and specific and detailed uh, is, is probably a wise direction that they go next. I think whatever it is, it's not going to be like Tears of the Kingdom, but also it will be immediately identifiable as something that learned lessons from Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it'll be Tears of the Kingdom on the water. Ooh. I hope so. That's my dream. Yeah, do do Wind Waker next. Keep this Link in Zelda and have him just sail away from the coast of Lurland Village. I want like something kind of like symbols. Majora's Mask was to Ocarina. <laughs> there you go. Or that. Or <laughs> Wand of the uh, this, yeah. Sure. Excuse or this. me, princess. I mean, I think the actual, we... the actual answer, I think, is that we do get a top-down Zelda more traditional Zelda before we get whatever the next step in the franchise is. I don't know if that's, we've talked about this on the show before, but you know, we've talked about like them potentially doing a remake of a uh, link to the past or something like that. And I do, I do think something like that is probably in the cards next. Cause they tend to go back and forth. They tend to do a, a top down Zelda and then a 3d one and go back and forth. So. I don't think they will ever make another top down Zelda ever again. Whoa. You heard really? Whoa. Why do you think that? Well, first of all, they 
were going to remake the Link to the Past, and then that became a Link Between Worlds on Which the is 3DS. Better than a Link to the Past. I don't agree, but I do really <laughs> love a Link Between Worlds. I it's probably my secret favorite Zelda. Same. I I just I don't see the point unless they're like really going for a nostalgia play. I think that Nintendo sees Zelda differently now than they used to, and I think Breath of the Wild yes, and Tears of the Kingdom see... changed their outlook on it i they see dollar signs fundamentally disagree with that i i think that i think the series is has been sort of irrevocably split into these two types of video game and i think the top down zeldas are a a different level of scope and budget and a different type of design that they enjoy doing link's awakening was uh great frankly uh the remake i thought and i i think even if they're not necessarily making brand new entries uh in that i think they'll at least keep that spirit alive in some way i i i don't think there's any way they abandon that formula entirely well and if they did i would be double mad (laughs) reb is smarter than me so listen to her (laughs) that's not true at all i'm gonna listen to both of you because you both make valid points um i am at a complete loss as to what they can do going forward with the zelda franchise and that is my favorite thing uh when a nintendo game or series i just i can't imagine because it always surprises me like i yeah. didn't when breath of the wild like i had no i thought it was just gonna be like an ocarina of time and instead it was like the greatest game that i had ever played until it's follow-up which i thought well there's no way they're gonna top my favorite game of all time and then they did and they made the best game ever made and no games are going to come close for a long, long time. So yeah, and now Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda because it has the Champions Ballad DLC. Where's your tier? Where's your Champions oh. Ballad DLC? Tears of the Kingdom. Check and mate. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, my opinion on the DLC is like I'm a, I'm bummed, but realistically, I would have bought it and then I wouldn't have played it because that's just the kind of jerk. Same. Aren't you the I'm guy? I'm going to Tears of the Kingdom, and then that's it for me. Seth, aren't you the guy? like specifically refused to finish tears of the kingdom because you were having no, so much fun finished. in that world i haven't finished what do you tears mean you wouldn't kingdom. play the dlc you haven't even beaten the game because yet you'd be playing tears of the kingdom and just trip over it it's difficult for me to explain but a lot of dlc in games that's like story it makes it pulls me it it doesn't actually but it feels to me like it gives me anxiety that i'm being pulled out of the world that i like and then put into a slightly different version of that world if that makes any sense so yeah i i know i love tears of the kingdom it's my favorite game of all time i think that it's fine the way that it is and if i want more i'll just delete my save file and start a new well one. your opinion's wrong but that's fine i do wish <laughs> we were getting a master mode that that would have been nice oh, i love that red's channeling my energy now this is great <laughs> i've taught you well young padawan it's fine i've been wrong before it's been known to happen so well hey uh hey logan yes yes did uh, doug bowser tell you specifically that there wasn't going to be any tears of the kingdom uh he, he did not you talked to sure bowser the bowser I to doug bowser i the... did talk to the the king of the koopas doug bowser yeah <laughs> you were at nintendo live in seattle <laughs> yes i went to nintendo live and pax west last weekend and that included i got to go hands-on with detective pikachu returns Ooh. there's impressions of that up on ign right now and i talked with noa president doug bowser he told me all about those new animal crossing switch light bundles that are coming out october 6th and really my main takeaway from the interview with doug was that nintendo is just they have succeeded in their mission to transform into an entertainment company 
not just oh, yeah. a game company. And this started and what it was 2015, I think, that we heard about their partnership with Universal. And you fast forward almost a decade now, and we've wow. got the theme park in Japan How and in ago? California. We've got a movie and we've got Nintendo Live, I think, is another facet of that as well. So to see this transformation that started under Awada kind of um, coming complete was was cool to see. This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston. But whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, what else did he say uh, regarding like the switch that was well, of note? 
he said uh, very little regarding the switch yeah. when I asked about its yeah. life cycle. Uh, yeah, he just said, uh, I said, where are we in the switch's life cycle? And he said, we are where you said we, wa we are, because in the previous question, I said it was almost seven years old. And that's all he would say about it. And he kind of said that every year there's there's kids turning six or seven or eight, and those are uh, new households that are considering Nintendo. And that's where they view their place in the market, which I thought was a fair answer because it's definitely true. Walked around Nintendo Live. it's It was a very family-focused event. Take photos with mascots, go hands-on with some Nintendo games that are mostly already out. Mario yeah. Wonder was there, which was a nice surprise. But yeah, it was a very cool event for families to come to. Did and you just go hands-on with uh, Mario Wonder? I did, and I think it's going to be the best 2D Mario since Mario World. Oh, I thought it was outstanding. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not good, saying huh? much. All we've gotten are the new Super Mario Bros. games since then. Mm. But yeah, I think it, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. Wow. What, does it feel good? Yes, it feels like, honestly, it feels like Mario World. Like it is fast. Wow. Um, the speed is really good. The uh, There's so much charm there. You've seen it in the trailer, but like just Mario, like running into a warp pipe, reaching out, grabbing his hat that falls off and pulling it into the warp pipe with him. Just little so touches like that that are just awesome. The drill power up feels right at home in a Super Mario game. You, when you're playing multiplayer, you no longer bump into each other like you did in New Super <sighs> Mario Brothers U. It is yeah. an incredible change that needs to be highlighted. Like, I, everything about it it checked every box for me i i'm really excited that's about it. great and i will say that mario world feels great yes. it is one of my I, I i love mario 3 but i think mario world might be the best feeling mario game i that agree. could change that could change in october i think i think oh, it mario wow. feels amazing yeah i wasn't sure because it the videos it looked a little i don't know floaty a little slow mm. but uh, to hear that is great. It, how's the verticality? Or was there a good chance to kind of explore more in the worlds where they more confined? Yeah, I think that yeah, there was there was good verticality. There were some secret blocks we found that popped out the classic vines that you climb up, and then you're in a totally different area above the clouds. So that sense of exploration was entirely there. The wonder seeds totally change everything up and, and make seeds. the level into like a fever dream that are super fun to run through. Uh, the levels are ranked on a five star challenge system now, and the hardest one in the demo was three stars and. It was fairly challenging to collect everything and get hmm. to the end in that one. So I want to see Nintendo go full Kaizo here. Yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. fun. I, just I wanted had, to play a five star. I just had a vision in my head of a thing that Nintendo will not do because it's a great idea. Uh, Super Mario Maker with Wonder Seeds. That would be, you know, I was thinking, can you imagine if we'll get like a Super Mario to, uh, Maker 2, like DLC or like an update for that? Because that's on the extra styles play. of that one. There's still that empty slot. Like there's the four main art styles <laughs> then there's an true. extra styles area. It's oh. 3D World and then a blank slot. I'm just not, Mario, not no, they won't here. do it. There's they no won't. Way. Mario Maker 2 is the biggest disappointment of this generation. It's such a bummer. She's not wrong. It's that far. It's worse than the original. It's worse than the original Mario Maker, and it's sold worse. Yep. Well, it and then Nintendo drops support for it, like yeah. like a hot potato. It's they added It's a huge disappointment. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would go so far as say it's the biggest disappointment of this generation. What's the bit? I mean, the biggest disappointment from Nintendo of this particular okay. generation for the Nintendo Switch. I want to be clear. Uh... Which, by the way, Nintendo sets a high bar. One, one, two, one, two switch is up there, I think. <laughs> I was going to say everyone's one, two switch can't be a disappointment because it had no expectations. No, the original yeah. one, two switch. The original one, two switch is oh, up there. Yeah. I think. 
Nintendo just can't capture that no. magic of Wii Sports. No matter oh, how Nintendo Land, try. baby. I'll bring it up every episode if bring I have back. to. I'm sorry. They back. should launch the new Switch, the Switch successor, <laughs> with the new Wii Sports. Yeah, they should. Why, why yeah. don't they do that? You're right. Yeah, and just call Hello. it Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Just call it Wii Sports. <laughs> Oh, brand Ring Fit Adventure you know, was you're really welcome. good. That'll be $8,500. I'd, uh, I'd play Ring Fit Adventure too. I love it. But in all seriousness, Mario Maker 3 would be lit. Yeah, be super lit. Nintendo, you heard yeah. us. This new Nintendo console you're making. Give us Ring Fit 2. Give us Wii Sports. Give us Nintendo Land. And give us Mario. And a Star Mario, Fox 64. Star Fox 64. <laughs> Mario Maker 3. Blammo. You've just sold so many Tears games two just on to this the podcast alone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And Donkey Kong Okay, you've Country got my 65. list, Doug. Yeah. Logan, I need you to take my list to, to my Doug Bowser. Let friend, him know. Doug. Yeah. yeah okay. Next time you guys are out for a slice of pizza. <laughs> for a slice? Just, I'm your best friends. Slide Logan over. lives in, in the PNW. He can go to yep. Nintendo. You just yeah, knock on their door. The Excuse me, Mr. Yeah. Koopa. Hello. Hello, no, you Mr. Do. Koopa. And this will work every time. Get yourself a high visibility vest. Get yourself a hard hat. Get yourself a clipboard, and you can go into anywhere in America. You just be like, "I, I gotta," and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll buzz you in." He, wa- he walks into Nintendo <laughs> headquarters, and it's just a bunch of stacks of Twilight Princess Wind Waker. <laughs> you weren't supposed to see this. Oh god, we were saving there, just this. Piece of pizza. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Uh oh, Logan, real quick. Yeah. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. I want to hear what are your impressions on that? Your, your previews up live right now on the site ign.com. How's it feel? How's it, how is it? Uh, my impression is that it is a sequel to Detective Pikachu. I reviewed the original game five years ago when it came out, and I loved the writing. Detective Pikachu is hilarious, but I the the it's very simple. It's aimed okay. as a mystery game for kids or for families to play with their kids. And that's seeming the same here, which is why the first game in this one, I just have questions about the target audience because it's a lot of reading and just clicking through dialogue where not much is happening. Mm. Like a lot of reading for, I think, younger children. But then it's so simple to solve that I don't really know how adults will feel about it. So if you're not a Pokemaniac, I'm not sure this one's for you. That being said, uh, Detective Pikachu is still hilarious. I like him more than Ash's Pikachu. I just think he is so funny. Uh, and yeah, there's there's some really clever writing, some fun interactions with Pokemon around Rhyme City, like him climbing up on this Growlithe right here is really cute. Uh, but it seems like the mystery is still going to be pretty simple. But if you like the first one, you'll like this one. They also okay. have something really interesting called Story Jump Mode where you can jump around to any part of the game that you want, even if you've never played it before. So you could buy this game on October 6th, open it up, and see how it ends pretty much instantly. And I asked the director, is it like... Like a book. Yeah, like flipping to the last chapter. And and he said, yes, it's exactly like that. That That's what they were thinking. It's like a detective novel where some people want to play through it with the context of knowing the twists at the end so huh. that's kind of okay. that's kind of yeah. what it is i thought that I heard was an they, interesting uh, they come take. up with the end and they work backwards maybe so that's how they write how so they maybe write you should play it that way so. every time uh, this yeah. game is mentioned somewhere miranda sanchez gets just like an unexpected jolt of <laughs> serotonin yes <laughs> i also wish it looked better it looks Ooh. like an upper 3ds game womp, it really does womp. i mean it was yeah. announced a billion years ago wasn't it yes yeah that's a bummer yeah. it was announced well, in 2019 whatever. It's good for kids to learn reading. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. Uh, you laugh, but my kids, they want it. 
when my oldest was like four, he really wanted to learn or he wanted to play Pokemon and his ability to read just exploded because he wanted so badly to know what was happening in yeah. the game. And he just played it and it's like, okay, now you're ready for kindergarten. Oh, you're bored now. Cause you already know how to read. A lot of people learn whole new languages that way, like playing video games mm -hmm. or watching shows. That's I've, a great idea. I've I never been, thought of that. I've been watching Sesame Street in Spanish because uh, I'm trying to pick oh. up on the Spanish. You mean Estrada Sesame? I wish, I, yeah, I wish I was watching uh, the the actual Spanish version, but instead oh, I'm watching American Sesame Street with Spanish subtitles, but they don't okay, gotcha. they don't subtitle the songs. This is a weird tangent. I'm sorry. They don't subtitle <laughs> the songs because I don't know. They just don't. So all the songs are in English, but then all the dialogue is in Spanish. I don't know. They don't dub it. I, I don't know what's going on with that. This is what I wish we had. In the, I wish I could watch Plaza Sesamo in, in the States, but I haven't. If, hey, listeners, if you know a way that I can watch Plaza Sesamo in the States reliably, please comment and let me know because I really want to watch it. Get a VPN. I was going to say, ExpressVPN oh. is, not, is not a sponsor. Probably like that. No. Anyway, sorry I, for that tangent. If you want to learn Japanese and you want to do it while playing a video game, I recommend getting a older copy of Pokemon, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, say Pokemon Emerald or something like that, because the text is all in hiragana and it's very easy to understand because it's intended for young readers. And so it's a great way. That, that was how I was kind of working on my Japanese while I was living over there. So I would play Japan. I played Pokemon basically exclusively in Japanese. So yeah. there you go. Uh, we we talked about it before, but I'm pretty sure like 98% of uh, of Japanese speakers in the United States learned because they wanted to play Final Fantasy V. And that was the only way you used to be able to play it. That's a little harder. It's a little more complicated, yeah. though. A tactics RPG like Fire Emblem can be surprisingly good. Uh, because once you understand the kanji for the different items and everything, you're you're on your way. My uh, I I have no personal experience with this, but my uh, my wedded life lover. Yes, I can't make people happy. Uh, has been has been saying that uh, the top down Zelda games, especially I think Link Between Worlds, I think he said maybe or, or Spirit Tracks or one of those, is really really good uh, for learning Japanese because it has like, cat help me with this. It has like both katakana and hiragana. Or something like a way that you could see, like Furigana. Yeah, something like that. I I don't understand how any of that works, but Zelda good is is the advice mm. I'm getting. Yeah, so they put the little characters as the translation for the kanji at the top. The as Logan was saying, the Furigana. Thank you, thank you. That's the information yes. I was looking for. Yes, I learned right. Japanese to play Ace Attorney. That was exclusive. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Then yeah. it came to America, so it was all not worth it. But uh, now I know it, so it's great. For me, it was Super Robot Wars. And when I was leaving Japan, I was that close. I was starting to understand. I could see the matrix. Uh, and then I, uh, <laughs> and then I, and then I left and I lost it all. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Okay. Here's another audience call out. If anybody has any good games they recommend for someone who is learning Spanish, like who has a, I, I can read like pretty basic stuff at this point. So if you have any games that are really good who, for like developing basic Spanish language skills, tell me in the comments. I want to know. I want to play them. Nice. Yeah. Mm. I love linguistics. I watch like five different linguistic um, YouTubers, not not those fake ones that learn like eight words and then pretend they can speak a whole language, but like real ones. So I could talk <laughs> about this forever. But unfortunately, this is a Nintendo podcast. What? So I can't talk about how much uh, German I surprised myself by knowing when I was over there. So uh, I want to do a really quick shout out because when I was in Germany, we were walking by the Nintendo booth before it started. And this dude comes running out. 
He's like, I thought I heard, I thought I recognized that voice. He's like, you're Seth Macy. And it was, uh, his name was Nico. He works for Nintendo Switzerland. Ooh. And he came over and was, he's like a huge fan of the show. So I want to give a shout out to, nice. to Nico at Nintendo Switzerland. And if you're not from Switzerland, uh, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure he said he was from Switzerland <laughs> because he speaks German with a different accent than Pear does. But so does everybody. Like the guys in Cologne speak with a different accent than the guys in Dusseldorf. Oh no, I'm doing it again. Talking about linguistics. <laughs> I said we were gonna we we're gonna move on. Um, does anybody else have any shout outs they wanna they wanna highlight? Uh, I mean, since we're doing that, shout out to the person who recognized me from NBC on the BART and and said that they watch the show every week. I was really yeah. I was really nervous because no one ever d- calls me out in public. Uh, yeah, and no, I, it's weird, I'm, right? I'm sorry <laughs> if I was awkward. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Cup Noodle for making gaming Cup Noodle. Oh no, yes. no, no! Don't shout that out. No, shout, no, right on, cat. Yes. No. A new caffeinated version of Cup no. Noodle that's currently available yeah. in Japan. Red, please find the, the the graphic for does this. Does not have uh does not have um a soup base. It's more saucy, so that you don't have to worry about spilling it all over your precious peripherals. Japanese social media is very excited about this. Uh, is there any way we can get some of this for American social it, media? It is the true me. gamer fuel, gaming I, cup noodle. Something, something. Yeah. Spent all this time wondering if we could. Didn't spend enough time wondering if we should. Something, something. <laughs> Why would you wonder if it, like it's cup of noodles and caffeine in a in an electric uh, uh, case that looks like fantastic? It's a dynamically designed packaging. There it there is. Right. Look at that. Look at that rainbow and everything. No, no. Crackling energy, crystals. No, go, please, please eat a vegetable. Please eat a green vegetable. Noodles are vegetable. vegetable. It has vegetables. Shout out to vegetables. It has freeze-dried vegetables No, no, no. Go eat a fresh, leafy green vegetable, everyone. Uh, Right now. The worst kind of vegetable. That's not good for your all-night gaming sessions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Am I going to find caffeine and kale? I don't think no. so. Gamers oh, eat a vegetable just challenge. Find sadness in kale. It's the worst. Kale's delicious. No, it's not. I refuse to believe you've been. They got to you. Big, Big kale, kale got you too. Big this episode kale. is not sponsored by Big Kale. This episode is brought to you by Big Kale. <laughs> Logan, do you have any leafy green vegetables or otherwise you would like to give a shout out to? Yeah, I'll give a shout out to a game I saw at PAX West. <laughs> Thank God, something relevant. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's back called. on the rails. Uh, it's called it's called Big Boy Boxing, and it's coming Ooh. to Switch, and it is Punch Out. It is literally oh, punch yeah. So another uh, yeah, another classic Nintendo series that they've abandoned that other people are bringing back. I played it, uh, and yeah, oh, it, yes, it is this is outstanding, unbelievably gorgeous pixel art, amazing enemy design, and it is maybe harder than Punch Out. Like oh, no. it is tough. Uh, and it's it was a lot of fun to play. I did not beat the boss that I was fighting in the demo. I got it down to a sliver left and then lost. But uh, my buddy I was with did manage to beat it. Super cool. And it is coming to Switch. Uh, and I think there's a demo on Steam right now that oh, you can okay. go check out. And do you know offhand when this comes out or no? And I think next year, but I'm not okay. entirely sure on that. Big yeah. boy. Big boy boxing. Big boy boxing. Yeah, looks, what a great name. It looks great. Yeah, no, I love the animation. Yeah. And yep. it... Yeah, no, this is great. Is uh, is, is Super Punch Out on NSO? 
I yes. can't remember. It is okay. That's also a very good game. The Wii one is fantastic, and I held off on that until kind of recently. Actually, I think five years ago, I just bought it used on a whim, and I was like, "Why did I not buy this game? This game is wonderful. It's Come so on. good." Oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh the the Wii version on Nintendo Switch. The the original Wii version of Punch-Out was quite good and included yeah. Donkey Kong, everybody's favorite, yep. as a uh secret boss. I did not know that. Well, now I have to hook it up to the old CRT. And we we learned a lot about uh Little Mac's background. There Finally. was character development for Glass Joe. <laughs> uh Wii Punch-Out is a lost treasure. Yeah. No, it's a wonderful, wonderful game. Look at there he is. Wow. I had no DK. Idea. You could He's hard too. Like he well, uh... Yeah, they're seven times stronger than a human. Um and I just watched I just watched this show Chimp Empire on Netflix. It talks about <laughs> it's really great. You should check that. It's a so low key shout-out. one of the best uses of the uh the Wii Remote IMO. Yeah. yeah. It's a great game. Go go play that one. So um let's get to some questions. It's question block time and people love it when we ask they love it there questions and logan i'm going to ask this one first because you said you had an answer for this this one comes from travis crawford travis asks what game do you own the most of he says i was going through my stuff the other day and noticed i had four copies of halo for the original xbox thinking he must have just acquired them through land parties over the years logan what game do you own the most copies of I own nine copies of the Wii U classic Star Fox Guard. <laughs> Please say more. Please say more about why, how. Yes. Why not? No, just kidding. Uh, so I, I collect Wii U games because it's one of my favorite consoles. And I decided to go for all of the Nintendo published uh, Wii U games. And I found a couple that were in like those crappy GameStop black boxes that aren't official. So I needed some, it had the manual, it had the right slip cover and everything. So I just needed a blue box and uh, GameStop was selling Star Fox Guard for 99 cents. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I went in and they, I said, I'll, I'll buy Star Fox Guard. And I said, can I buy every copy you have? And they said, no, we can only sell you three. And I said, well, that's random, but okay, I'm Dude, trying to give you demand. money. Yeah. Uh, so I spent $3 there. And then I went to the other two GameStops in town and, and bought up the stocks of Star Fox Guards <laughs> to have spare Wii U cases uh, for a dollar each. And then I, I did replace a couple of them with some Wii U games I collected over the years, but I still have like five fully intact Star Fox Guards in their original case. And I've never played it. I've never played that it. That is a oh, great wow. story. Thank you. Yeah. That it's the best was... Star Fox ever because I don't like Star Fox. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, my heart's broken. Jeez. Sorry. How many copies of, of a game do you have? Uh, I don't know why I'm phrasing it like that. What game have you bought the most? Me? You own the most of. Yes. Um, it's probably either Stardew Valley or Undertale, uh, and it's all digital copies. Um, I, Undertale, I definitely have on Switch, PlayStation, and PC. Um, maybe that one I just have three of. I think Stardew Valley I have on Switch, PC, mobile, and maybe Xbox? I don't know. I it's it's one of those it's one of those. Uh I have okay. I have at least 3 of both and potentially 4 of one of the one of them. Just cuz I kept buying it on mo- on more platforms cuz I wanted to play on other things. It's a good game. There's nothing wrong. It's the complete opposite of Logan's story. It is the opposite, yeah. <laughs> a game you actually want to play. Yeah. Cat, what about you? 
I think I've purchased Super Mario Brothers 3 on every Nintendo platform I've ever owned. <laughs> I had it on NES. I bought it on GBA. I bought it on the Nintendo Wii and the Wii U and the 3DS. I own a Famicom copy that's sitting nice right over there. Uh, it's available on my Switch via NSO. I don't know how much money I've spent on Super Mario Brothers 3 over the years, but it must be a lot. Also, shout out to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, oh. a game that I purchased on the PS4, the original PlayStation, and also I have the Japanese version Ooh. as well. So I have, because the, the case was really cool. That, so That is a good reason. That's a great there are a handful reason, yeah. of games that I have a number of copies of. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking like for sure i would say probably it's like the classic like mario 3 and super mario world i own several times over uh, physical and digitally uh, symphony of the night i actually bought that i think three times i have it on original or xbox 360 which was the first time i ever played it and i think i have it on playstation 4 and i have it on my ipad which is actually you sync a controller to it that's actually a pretty good way to, to play that game. And if you haven't played that game, what, what is your damn problem? That's a what is game. your damn problem? Why is it the that Metroid, on Nintendo Switch? It put the Vania in Metroidvania. It certainly did. Um, yeah, and I think, like, like the obvious answer, I definitely... Oh, no, I just realized I have, like, every version of Grand Theft Auto V. I just... You're the really? person who keeps the, the the uh -huh. five yep. million copies every single yep. quarter. It's your fault. Yep. I bought, I bought the last most recent one was when they put it on PlayStation 5. I bought it on PlayStation 5. I started the first mission. And I was like, I'm so sick. I've done this a million times because I used to, when I reviewed hardware, that was like one of the games yeah. we used to test. And so I had to play that first mission like dozens and dozens of times. So I haven't played it since. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto 5 is the game that I own the most copies of. And you're welcome, everyone. It's, it is because of me. So, all right. This one is a little different. Uh, Nathan Sisodia asks, what podcasts do you listen to other than NVC? Uh, I'm curious because I don't actually listen to the show. I hate the sound of my own voice. That's not true. I love it. I can't shut up. Kat, what podcasts do you listen to outside of NBC? Wow. I really love Acts of the Blood God. And that is the, oh, yeah. Yeah. the best one. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, um, I have been listening to a lot of news podcasts like Today Explained in the Intelligence. It's football season and it's a freaking habit that I can't kick. So I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. Don't judge me. Jesus. Oh my God. Just never. Just that, just that one, just the just the guest aligns. It's an old habit that I can't quite kick. Um, the Green Arrow podcast, because I play fantasy Premier League. And recently I listened oh, to a yeah. show called Park Predators, which is about True crime in a forest, like Yosemite, <laughs> <laughs> like Yosemite, yeah, like all so the national specific. parks. Yeah. True crime specific. in a forest. Yeah. So, and, and hardcore history is very good as well. Oh my so. God. It's the best one. Oh, and if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, okay. which has an original song based on each episode that they cover. It's a, uh, oh, it's a rewatch podcast. Very, very, very good. Cool. Loved it very much. Very gay. That is a good spin on it also to add a uh, like a like the song an original song that's such a good 
I can't believe they did it. They they did all seven seasons plus more. Wow. And when they did the musical episode, she did an entire musical episode to go with the musical episode. Wow. That's so good. So like, oh, it's, I respect it, that she, on principle alone. Just yeah, seriously. So awesome. Logan, what about you? What podcast well, do you listen to? I guess I'd have to recommend a, a fantastic Nintendo podcast called Toadstool Boardroom. That yeah, Toadstool board, Boardroom is a great yeah. one. I love what that a, one. An excellent little show. We talked a lot about Nintendo Live this week. Yeah, nice. so go check that out. Uh, but otherwise, I I love Doctor Who. So I listen to some Doctor Who podcasts where they watch through the entire series and review it episode by episode. Who Back When is the one that I, I listen to a lot. I'm a huge baseball fan, so I listen to Seattle Mariners podcasts and things like that. Uh, yeah, not really many other gaming podcasts besides these ones here. Yeah, all right. Reb, what do you got? Um, I'm not a big, oh, I know it's, it's hypocritical of me because I'm on a podcast, but I'm not a big podcast listener. I tend to read books mainly instead of listening to stuff. Oh uh, my God, that's the nerdiest I thing I know, I'm sorry. Said. But when when books. I do, um, <laughs> Acts of the Blood God, I mean, not just because Kat's here, but yeah, genuinely phenomenal stuff over there. Um, and they tend to play a lot of games that I like, so that helps. Um, I also, uh, not that long ago, was listening through both Off Book, which if you like Kat's recommendation for me, Musical stuff. Off book is an improvised musical podcast. Uh, oh, as, wow. Okay. As a, as a former theater kid, uh, absolutely incredible stuff watching people improvise yeah. musicals uh, or listening to it, I guess. Um, and then I also really uh, liked, I was listening back through You're Wrong About. Um, they had they had kind of a hosting change, I think, a couple of years ago. And so the episodes are a little bit differently tailored now. Uh, but You're Wrong About is a really good examination of like things that you, a lot of different topics about history and, and things that were in the news. And, and and various not not some far off and some not that far off current events that you are probably wrong in in what you think about how they went down uh and it's cool. it's super interesting so yeah that's nice yeah i've uh i've significantly pared down my podcast listening since i don't like i have a job that requires my brain now <laughs> all my previous jobs uh were you know like didn't require a lot of thought and uh I, and to avoid getting lost in my own thoughts i would just listen to like eight hours of podcast content every every single day. So I listened to basically every video game podcast there was. I have scaled that back quite a bit. Um, and now I basically only listen to stuff when I'm running or when I'm like um, at driving somewhere. And I want to give a shout out because I stole their uh, their shout out thing. Basically, <laughs> they call it uh, like Legend of the Week, but there's this it's called Going Deep with Chad and JT. It is my favorite podcast. You might have seen these dudes on viral videos, they go to like city council meetings in LA. They're like, what up city council? My name's Chad Kroger. I want to like talk about the, they're just, they're extremely smart. They're actually stand up comics. So they, they're really good at like improv. It's a super funny show. I love it. It's super chill. I love those dudes. If they played Nintendo, I would be like, oh, we got to get them. We got to get them on the show. Cause they're so rad. So, and then the rest of them, like, yeah, Dan Carlin's hardcore history is mm. absolutely amazing, but I very rarely have the, uh, six and a half hours to listen to a whole there they are there oh they that's, are. Uh, that's chad kruger right there and his homeboy uh john thomas so yeah those guys are legends i respect them so much but yeah my favorite yeah dan carlin sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say dan carlin's hardcore history but what was your favorite oh sorry i was gonna say my favorite video game podcast outside of acts of the blood god is insert credit uh, with alex jaffe and tim rogers and that crew very funny, but also very thoughtful commentary okay. on the games industry. 
I love a funny and thoughtful video game podcast. I mm. that's what I used to listen to way back in the day when I first started listening to podcasts. I just listened to every one up podcast. Shout Everyone. out to one up yours and Retronauts. RIP. Uh, well, Retronauts still exists, but you know. And, uh, yes, it does. Oh, that's a good one. Retronauts. Go listen to Retronauts. Cat, yeah. you're like a regular on Retronauts. I'm on it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think, where I first like knew you as a person outside of your writing. I was like, oh, as a human, as a human being, as not just written words on a computer screen. I was like, Seth, oh. you were a blogger at One Up, right? Yes, I was. I was a paid blogger. I wrote the Netflix. That's how. Blog. I, that's how I knew about you. Oh, I was just a. I was like Seth Macy. That's a familiar name. Wow. I know it's so weird. I still will see people from like One Up sort of pop up and I'll be like, where do I know that person's name? I'm like, oh my God, like they work at, uh, at like a, a, a scooter, Terry, uh, I'm forgetting his last Terry name. Nguyen. He Terry works Nguyen. over at Nintendo or Golan. He's like at Golan. He's like senior VP of, uh, of relations for Nintendo now. And he used to host a podcast at one up way back in the day. And like Mike Cruz and all these other, like so many good Tina Sanchez and the Oddcast and Garnet Lee is over at Raw Fury. He lives living the life in Sweden. Shane Benhausen doing biz dev over at Sony. Yeah. But then like also One Up has a lot of people like Brian Interhar, the Fragile Eagle, former One Up guy directing Spider Man Two. Yeah, it's crazy. Can you believe that? It's crazy. No. <laughs> Nintendo had the sorry One Up had the best single collection of talent I have ever seen at a gaming website. Yeah, and you can see it and what all of those people went on to do yep. in the years that followed. Yeah. So shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I wish I could rec. You know what? Actually, if you can find those, go back and listen to some of them. They, they hold up surprisingly on, well. They're all on archive.org. Hell yeah. And if you want to go listen to a very, very young pre-industry legend cat, you can go listen to active time babble. Uh, oh, listen yeah. to me talk about Final Fantasy 13 circa 2010. So. Damn. So, man, ah, I'm all nostalgic now. So, yeah, those are the podcasts that we listened to and listened to. I was devastated when one up stopped like making podcasts. I, I think didn't know what, the besties is a great one too. I think Red I like is trying to recommend. People. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Red, Red is recommending the besties, and no, that yeah. is a good one. I don't know if they still go by the format where, like, originally it was conceived as like every week they would they would like nominate a game of the year and they'd be like, ah, oh, last week's game of the year is no longer it. And I don't know if they still adhere to that format anymore, but those four guys who are on that show uh, have such great chemistry and they're all super funny and amazing anyway. So I'm going to ask a question. I think is pretty, pretty quick. Brandon Michael asks, what is your go-to game to play on your switch when you know, you probably only have 10 to 15 minutes to play. Logan, what is it? Splatoon three. Splatoon th Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, because the Splatoon 3 fixed all the queue issues that the last ones had. It's really fast to get into a match now, and I'm S rank in Splatoon 3, so I hop on, do a couple league matches, and hop off. Damn, that's impressive and incredible. Okay, uh, Reb, what about you? What do you play when you only have 10 or 15 minutes? Um, you want to play a game? Over the course of my wedding, uh, a bunch of me, me and my friends were really, really tired and zonked out. And while I was zonked, zonked out and unable to mentally comprehend anything, someone introduced me to Picross. And so as of as of two nice. weeks ago, it's Picross now. All of the Picross. Anything yep. Picross. Hair is so the, proud of you. I've been Picross The Sega pilled. Genesis one is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was going to be my answer. But Kat, what about you? 10 to 15 minutes. You want to play something? 
I fire up Nintendo Switch online and usually end up playing something like Gradius or yeah. or I just end up running through a level in Mario 3 and then be like, I've run through this level 500 times. <laughs> and then I turn the thing off. So yeah, really fun on airplanes. And actually yeah. something like Pokemon Puzzle League can be a lot of fun too. So, so many good options. Also Sonic 2. I've played through that, the first really? two levels of that one so many times. I've never finished it, but those two levels I've beaten hundred times. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think puzzle games are like the perfect, just pick up for 10 or 15 minutes. And Picross is, yeah, I, I love Picross. I haven't played it in a long time, you know, and it's weird when I haven't played for a long time, it takes me like a day to get like Picross brain back where I'm able to do these sort of mental gymnastics with my brain in order to figure it out. Like it's hard. It's the same with like Sudoku. I have to play Sudoku for like a day before I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. I remember now where this, uh, <laughs> part of my brain was hiding all of this time. So yeah, puzzle games, the perfect pick up and go game. In my opinion, the classic games also cat. That's a super, super good answer. Cause I do the same. I'm just like, I'm just going to play the game. Like my little comfort food game that I've played a million times because I don't have, don't have very much time to do it. And we also don't have any more time on this week's episode of Nintendo voice chat. I did it. I finally got a segue without being like, so that is it. That is all the time we have left for this week's NBC. Before we go, we have a few favors to ask of you. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. And I love it when people take that literally and leave, quote, nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. Help spread a good NBC word. And we will be forever in your debt. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Logan. Thank you, Reb in the yellow jacket for joining me today. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can... Get the thing! Get the thing! Thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.